Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. The story of peace. Now, I mentioned a moment ago that we are babysitting. That's not Felix. He doesn't do that. He's a really good kid. Like, we put him to bed last night. I think he cried for like 10 minutes, 15. And he doesn't even cry. He's like... <laughs> like, I had Kirsten. My daughter, Kirsten, has cerebral palsy. And when she was born, she was having seizures. So they put her on phenobarbital, which in her case altered her personality. We didn't know this because she was an infant. And what she would do is she would scream... 24 hours a day, seven days a week, unless you were just, if she was on her belly patting her bottom like this, or we would put her to bed in the bassinet next to my bed, and I would, be, I would have to do this until she finally fell asleep. And, and by the time she was out of the bassinet, all the wicker was all broken from like doing this. Now they actually make motorized ones. Like, isn't that awesome? So I understand what, what this is like because when we talk about peace, a lot of times when we're, we're looking for peace, it's because we found ourselves in a circumstance, right, that has stolen our peace. We've lost peace. We're in a circumstance where the kid won't stop crying, and we're going to lose our collective minds. Maybe, maybe your kid's a little bit older. Maybe this is what you're dealing with. You've got a middle school child. And it's all drama. She comes home from school and she's like, Sally said I was ugly. Or maybe she's like, can I, get, can I put mascara on? Not yet, honey. Why not? And then she starts looking like a preteen teenage girl. And I thought, this kid, really, she lit this up. I'm like, dude, that is Chloe with blonde hair. Like, I'm like, wow, dude. Anybody have a teenager? You've got to have, trying to have peace in your house. You walk in the door from work and this is what greets you. And you might go, oh God, give me peace. Oh God, give me. And then you find out he's not giving you peace because she's getting ramped up as she tells her story, right? Chloe comes in the house the other day. Now, Chloe, sweetheart, I know you're not here to defend yourself, but you're 17 and she can get ticked off. She's got her father's temper and she was mad about something. And she was righteously angry. I mean, she, was, she had a right to be angry and she is stomping around the house and, and finally it was like this and I'm like, Chloe, we get it, enough. And that can turn into this. Why are you yelling at Chloe? <laughs> or if I'm honest, let's be honest, Trish, I know you're watching. It's like, why are you yelling at Nate? That's what it's more likely to happen. And that, you know, then you're like, oh God, give me peace. <laughs> like things are falling, the wheels are falling off. We're losing our minds. Now our marriage is being impacted. God, we need some help here. We need some peace. Just give me some peace right? Maybe it's not relational. Maybe some of you guys are on your way to work and uh, your car broke down. It's more than broke down. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. 
Dude, I used to be in a time, there was a time in my life, right? Young adult, anybody uh, that has like old beater cars? Anybody else there? Like we had an old Cavalier and it ran as much as it broke down. Our Cavalier was actually pretty faithful. Maybe, but maybe your, your, your situation is, is, is you're having car trouble. Uh, my roof was leaking this week. Rick had come over and rescue us. Uh, you know, maybe there's just some material things that are going on in your life. Maybe some of you've been laid off. Maybe you're having trouble in your business at your workplace. Or more, maybe it, you know, put things in perspective. Maybe you have a loved one in hospice. You know, and you just want a break. You just want a break. And then, of course, 2020. Who else is tired of this? Preach it, brother. And all this can add up to somebody that looks like this. (laughs) I can't hear you. I can't see you. I can't hear you. And and we we just put the blinders on. And finally, maybe some of you are here this morning and you're just just discouraged because you can't seem to catch a break. Everything is chaos. Everything is crisis. And you're just like, dude, I just need one. If you just give me one flippant moment, one moment of peace, that's all I'm asking for, God. And maybe peace to you looks like this, right? I got my coffee. It says pray without ceasing. I didn't silence my mic, so they just heard me gulp that down. You know, we have this idea that peace really, it's really circumstantial. We think that, I know I have friends that love Aruba. Like, we're just getting away. We're just going to have a holiday. There's going to be peace. Anyone ever go on holiday with their family? Because you're going to get away and you're going to get some peace. And uh, like my wife and I, we went to Disney World with the kids. And it was awesome until it wasn't, right? Because... You know, we're, uh, we're on vacation, it's supposed to be peace, and then that's, that, that happens um, because, you know, Nate said something or Chloe said something, and the next thing you know, you're a referee. Some of y'all, I, I got people that love to camp. I like fires, I like campfires, I hate camping. Um, sliding into a damp sleeping bag is not my idea of a good time, right? Uh, but some of you, hey, you're hunting, fishing, you just give me my dear, what's it called, a a deer stand, tree stand, whatever it's called. We have a guy that goes out back, hunts on his property. It's landlocked. He gets into his tree stand, and he, he watched the bear. We have a local bear, a couple hundred pounds, walking around our backyard. It was awesome. Maybe some of you guys, you know, you're, you're kind of like me. I love the mountains. You find that mountain lake. Nobody's around. Or some of you, you have the fireplace at home, you got your favorite socks, and you're just sitting by the fire, and you're like, oh, the kids are in bed, peace and quiet, right? Is that how you feel sometimes? Right up until you weren't expecting it, um, your kid's in bed, and then you hear that, and your peace is shattered! You guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes these kids, they just know how to interrupt things at the perfect time. And there are peace and other things. When we talk about peace, God's kind of peace is more than circumstantial. And He's incredibly interested 
in our lives and in our situations. Are you aware of that? That the God of the universe knows every time your baby cries and shatters the peace in your home? Are you aware of that? Did you know that? That while my wife and I, we were essentially prisoners in our own home when Kirsten was a baby, because every time we'd put her in the car seat, she would scream until she turned blue. And so we only went out to go to church together. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, it was like, do you want to go get groceries? Do you want me to? Do you want to go to the store? Do you want me to? Because it was so mind-bogglingly difficult to deal with a child that she made colic look like a rainbow. And some of you have had colic kids, and you know what I'm talking about. So I want to take us to a passage of Scripture. I jumped a screen. For unto us a child is born. This is a prophecy about Jesus. 700 years before his birth. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Someday we're going to get the government we really want. Can I get an amen? Like Jesus is perfect. Never makes an error. Not self-centered. Loves others, right? And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. So many of us, we, we look for counseling in all different places. And listen, I am 100% for counseling. I went away to a counseling retreat last year because I was a mess. And God blessed me through that godly counselor. But can I tell you something? Jesus is the great counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. Some of you have fathers that have not been the kind of dad that you wish you had. If you come to Jesus, or if you have come to Jesus already, you have a perfect Father who loves you perfectly, and He reveals Himself in this passage. He cares about certain things about us, right? Everlasting Father. How does He wrap it up here? The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And so when we read this passage, what we find is that God loves us and He wants some things for us. And, and one of the things that He wants for us is He wants for us to have peace. Now, you, got, you were all with me as I was going through those chaos slides, right? Uh, so I'm assuming that maybe you could use a little peace in your life today. I'll make, I'll make that assumption. So we're focusing on peace this morning. Jesus Himself said this, Come unto Me, all you who are labor, labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to talk about three, three kinds of peace this morning. I'll make sure I've got the right amount of fingers up. Three types of peace. The world needs peace peace today. We need peace today. But here's one of our biggest problems. Um, Job said it best, man who is born of woman, which is everyone except for Adam and Eve, man who is born of woman is of few days and, read it, full of trouble, right? Thanks, Job. That's encouraging. Oh, golly gee. And I just realized I was talking about how miserable life was with Kirsten and babies and screaming. I look over and there's Sarah and Stephen going, wow, we can't wait now. This is so exciting. Better you than me. 
No, I mean, congratulations. We're there for you. Um, the world looks for peace in a lot of different places, and we have an enemy. So we saw some of the good things God wants for us. God wants for us to have a, an everlasting father, a counselor, a prince of peace, right? He wants to, us to have a governor on our lives to guide us and direct us and to keep us from falling off a cliff, right? Satan is not like that. And Satan is a real being. He's a fallen angel and he has a host of minions that work with him. And they want to offer you a counterfeit peace. That's the first kind of peace I want to talk about. Because I'll be honest with you, some of the things that I put up on the board, while they're really awesome, the mountain lake, Dude, I love to read. Give me a cup of coffee and a good book and a fire going. I wish I had a fireplace in my house. That would just be perfect. But those are counterfeit. Because in a moment, that can be shattered. Can I tell you how many... I, was, I worked more while I was away in Florida a couple weeks ago visiting family. I worked more that week than I work when I'm home. I mean, I'm getting phone calls and text messages. I forgot to tell the church I was leaving, and so it was just insane. So I'm down there trying to have a peaceful time, and it's like, hello? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. And it's, listen, it's serious stuff. My My brother was diagnosed with cancer. He's in the hospital, and they told him it's, it's terminal. So I don't make light of it, but you can go on vacation and your peace is shattered in a heartbeat. We look for peace in changing situations and circumstances, and sometimes we look for it like, like sadly this woman looked for it in drugs and alcohol, illicit. And it's counterfeit peace. It's circumstantial peace. Satan tries to deceive us into thinking that we can find peace in illicit drugs, overindulgence of alcohol, that numbness equals peace. And some people have such chaos in their souls and chaos in their lives that to them, numbness does equal peace. I just want to check out. The end of that is heartbreak, broken lives, destroyed families. Some of us, we, we look for peace if we, if we can just be successful enough, if I, if, I, if I can just make enough money so I won't ever have to worry about paying the mortgage or car payment or rent again. If I just had enough money, then I would have peace. No creditors calling me, right? And the sad part about it is, is the, the Bible actually teaches us that riches are a snare, that we, that we need to, in fact, be careful when we are granted the ability to be rich, that we use it well. But for many, it's a snare, and it brings the opposite of peace. It brings the, if I could just get to that next rung on the ladder, man, if I can just get that next promotion, then I'll be all set. And you find out when you get that next promotion, it's not enough, and you want the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And you don't find peace. When you finally make it to your goal, there's no peace there. All there is is another goal to try to make it to. Or, or this, cling on for dear life so that you don't lose the one you got. We look for peace and success. We look for peace and illicit 
uh, drugs and alcohol. We look for peace. Some of us look for peace in that right relationship, right? We think, man, if I could just find a spouse, a, a husband or a wife, if I could just find that, that right person, that wonderful, wonderful, glorious wife, I'll have so much peace. I don't have to be alone anymore. Who's married today? You think that's good advice? <laughs> I'm just saying, God, listen, my, my wife and I, we've been married for 30 years this past August, 30 years, and we really don't fight. We, we, haven't, we haven't had like a screaming match, I don't think, ever, maybe once. We're just, that's just not who we are. We'll have serious discussions. And I was sitting with Nate one day, I'm like, I think mom and I need to fight in front of you so you guys know how to fight well. Like, we're, not, we're not really raising you right. <laughs> You're thinking that like, hey, marriage is a piece of cake. We actually don't always do well. I need to teach you how to have confrontation and conflict and do that right. But the reality is, it's a lie. Finding the right man, finding the right woman will not give you peace. Do you know why? Because you're broken and so are they. They have the flesh and so do you. They have bends toward wrong things and so do you. And sometimes, dude, sometimes that brings the, the worst kind of chaos. But Satan keeps you searching and keeps you miserable because you're searching for that one person. You know what? Here's a, I'm going to give you a little truth smack. Might not be out there. There are not an equal amount of men and women in the world, are there? Are there? Is it exactly one for one? It's not? So you mean walking around going, oh, I just know God has that one person for me out there. You could be wrong. You could be wrong. You might want to satisfy yourself in Jesus. Where else do people look for peace? Well, I mentioned it, man. Vacation? Eh. Retirement? Yeah, thank you. Retirement? Eh. Uh, getting the kids grown up and out of the house? No, that one sounds pretty good. I don't think I, I don't want my kids growing up and out of the house. I love the stage we're at right now. Um, so we, we look for peace in all these different places and, and come to find out it's just not worth it. It doesn't work. Do you know why? Why do you think these efforts to find peace don't work? Temporary. Job said it best. They're, they're, they're external. Man is short of days and full of trouble. And so this is reality. Life. Trouble. Life equals trouble. I know I have some kids here. Sorry to disappoint you guys. Life equals trouble. You might as well get used to it. Life equals trouble. Parents, if you're raising your kids to think that life is a candy land and everything's coming up roses, you're going to have a really weak child. You need to teach your kids how to deal with difficulty. You need to teach your kids to realize that life isn't fair and it is full of trouble. Now, let's close in prayer and we'll see you next week. Oh, no. <laughs> I've mentioned there's three kinds of peace. We only hit one, right? We hit 
counterfeit peace. So there's peace from God, and this is really the peace that we're looking for. We're looking for the peace from God, peace from God. I want you to write this down. Type it, write it, record it, do something right here. Peace from God is the settling, the settling of the soul in the circumstances of life. The peace from God is the settling of the soul in the circumstances of life. The peace from God is not the settling of the circumstances of life. That's a misunderstanding of peace from God. Peace from God is not the settling of circumstances. It's the settling of the soul in the circumstance. And that is absolutely vital to understand. It's essential for us to understand that it's the settling of the soul in the circumstances of life so that we can actually enjoy our time on earth. Because man is short of days and full of trouble. So true peace, peace of the soul in the midst of the storm and the chaos of life must be found from God. Not from drugs, not from relationships, not from success, not from money, and not from circumstances, from God. But there's a greater peace than the settling of the soul in the circumstances of life, and that is the peace with God. And so I'm going to reverse this for a second because the peace with God, while it doesn't settle your soul in the circumstances of life, it settles your soul with your maker. Because the reality is, if you have not settled your disagreement with God, then you cannot have peace from God. You say, I don't have a disagreement with God. Every single one of us has a disagreement with God. Before you come to Christ, the Bible says you are the enemy of God. You might say, I'm the enemy of God? How can I be the enemy of God? I've never even met Him. God has written things on our heart and on our conscience that we know are right and wrong. And we choose to do wrong an awful lot of the time. We go against our own consciences and we go against God's law even when we don't know about it. And so we have this enmity, this division between us and God. And so turn into your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. I did get this on the Bible app so you can find it there. Romans chapter 5. We're going to read 11 verses here. Romans chapter 5, verse number 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace, what does it say? With God. And how do we get it? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace by which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What is a tribulation? It's trouble. It's trials. Everything's going wrong. I scared you. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, just a little bit. Um, everything is going wrong, but we also glory in trip. We glory in the chaos. How many of you like to be able to do that today? Glory in the chaos. Well, first you have to have peace with God. Knowing that this chaos, this tribulation, produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, as Rick preached on last week, produces hope. Now, hope doesn't disappoint because it's not a Disney World hope like Rick talked about last week. 
It's not a when you wish upon a star kind of hope. It's a hope based on a concrete fact that just hasn't been realized yet. Hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God, I love that next word, is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Here's the disagreement a lot of people have with God. I'm not ungodly. I'm not that bad. And God says, yes, you are. Yes, you are. We're judged by the perfect stature of Jesus Christ. We can look at the law. We can look at thou shalt not lie. Anyone not guilty of that one? You should not covet your neighbor's wife or things. Anyone not guilty of that? Folks, you can look at the words of the law or you can look at the person of Jesus Christ. Is anyone here perfect? Have you always done everything right and always for the right reasons? Now that, that's tough, isn't it? Like I do a lot of good things, but sometimes the good things that I do, I do them because I want you to think I'm pretty good. Right? I don't want you guys thinking I'm some kind of a jerk. I do a lot of good things because I want you to think that I'm pretty good. That is a poor motive. And in the eyes of God, it's not right. But Jesus always did everything right for the right reasons. So that's one disagreement. Hey, I'm pretty godly. Uh, The other disagreement is I'm too sinful for you to rescue for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the peace with God. So on the one hand, we might argue with God, well, I'm not that bad. And on the other hand, we're arguing with God, I'm too bad. And God is saying, you're both wrong. I sent my son Jesus for you. While you were without strength and while you were still steeped in sin, Jesus Christ died on the cross for that sin so that we could have peace with him. That's the only place you're going to find peace with God is at the foot of the cross of Christ. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, That word justified, let's break it down like this. Just as if I'd never sinned, justified. But that's only half of it. And always did everything right. That's what it means to be justified. When God looks at us as we're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, he sees his perfect son. He sees his son's perfection. Matter of fact, God calls it the robe of righteousness. We've been cloaked over with the person of Jesus. And our sins are forgiven, and they're cleansed, and they're washed away. If I've been justified by his blood, I shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when, here's the word again, here's the word. When we were enemies, every single person born was born an enemy of God. Sin nature and sin by choice. But if you've come to Jesus, 
you were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his, he's resurrected, his life. And not only that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So if you're here this morning, or you're watching on this, online this morning, and you have never come to the cross of Jesus Christ and asked the Lord Jesus to be your personal Savior once and for all, then you are still in your sin, you are still without strength, and you are still the enemy of God. And the only thing that can change that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. You can't change it. You can't fix you. You can't turn over a new leaf. You can't come to church enough. You can't give $20,000 for Jesus' birthday gift. None of that will address the broken relationship you have with God. But God, but God, sent His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. It says, out of His great love for His enemies, He made a way for us to have peace with Himself, resulting in the second kind of peace, peace from God. See, peace with God is where we must we must begin because being born in sin separates us from our Creator. So I hope that this morning you will receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Whether you're on this side of the fence saying, I'm too bad, I've thought too many bad thoughts, I've done too many bad things, I can't be saved, I can't be fixed, I can't be forgiven. God says, yes, there is no sin so great that I cannot cleanse it except for that one sin, which I believe is the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit rejecting of the conviction of God. Maybe you're on this side and saying, well, I'm not that bad. Like, I've never killed anybody. And Jesus said, if you th listen, if you thought it in your heart, you've done it. Whatever extreme you're on this morning, if you haven't come to Christ, you are an enemy of God and He has done everything necessary to fix the relationship with you. He has made it as easy as possible. Will you put your faith in Christ this morning? How do I do that? Well, if you feel a stirring in your heart right now and you, you, you're coming to a place where I believe Jesus is the Son of the living God and that He rose from the grave, I believe that when he died on the cross, it was for my own personal sin. Then call on him. Activate that faith. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall have peace with God. Enemy to Father. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I hope that you will take advantage of that this morning. This peace with God leads to the peace of the soul. It leads to peace from God. So many of us have lost this peace. Even those of us that are believers. I find that, that there are times where those of us that are believers, we, we, we have 
As, as Jesus said to the church in the book of Revelation, we have left our first love. We have left our first love. We have left Jesus behind. He's third, fourth, and fifth as a priority in our lives. And in doing that, we have lost peace from God. And then instead of coming back to Jesus, we try to fill our lives with all of these temporary things, all of these things that are circumstantial, vacations, raises, job security, relationships, you name it. We're striving to just get one week of peace. I just need one week of peace. And God has something so much better for us. Peace that, that passes understanding. That's what he calls it. Peace that passes understanding. It's something that, that without Christ you can't even fathom. And this is the sad part. Church, the world needs to see it in you so that they can see Him. We're not supposed to operate in the same way the world operates. We were, we were given this an incredible benefit of peace with God and peace from God that when the world looks at us and our life is erupting in chaos... They see within us a settled soul that is beyond human understanding. It's found in the presence of God himself. Jesus answered them and said this, Do you now believe? John 16. So here you are this morning. Do you now believe? You say, Pastor, I believe. I've trusted in Christ as my Savior. Well, he says, indeed the hour is coming, and yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone, and yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. And these things I have spoken to you, what does he say? That in me you may have peace. Uh-oh. What does he say next? What does he say next? In the world, y'all are going to have tribulation, but in me, you're going to have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. He didn't say that in me, you will have peace from tribulation. Did he say that? In me, you will have peace and you will never face a trial again. No, matter of fact, before this, he's talking to his disciples, you're going to be scattered you're going to be running for your lives. Do, uh, do a, just to do a brief study of early church history, first century church, first through third, third century church. Incredible persecution, hiding, having churches in caves. There's people that are like, this isn't real church right now. I want all the bells and I want all the whistles. I want no restrictions. Well, dude, they were having church in cave, hi, caves, hiding out in basements. He said, you're going to be scattered. You know, when I, when I, when I answered the call to preach, I was, I was very cognizant of the fact when I was 28 years old that there may come a time, I was just talking with a family, I think, Friday night, that I thought, if I answer this call, there may come a time where I face criminal prosecution for preaching the word of the living God. And I thought, maybe by the time I'm 50, because when you're 28, you think 50 is a long way off. And now that I'm 50, I'm like, yeah, I should have said 60. I don't know. But folks, he said, you're going to be scattered. You're going to be scattered. You're going to be frightened. 
They were hiding out in the upper room when Jesus rose from the dead and came to visit them. These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, I want you to, on your own time, read chapter uh, 14, 15, and 16 of the book of John. And 14, 15, and 16 talk a lot about abiding in Christ and talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit, paraclete, the comforter of God, the third person of the Trinity. Read that because it is in Christ through the Holy Spirit that we can have a settling of our souls. So what is the call this morning for those of us that are believers and those of us that may not yet be? The call is the same to both. Come to Jesus. I mean, really come to Him. Don't just come to Him on Sunday morning singing a worship song. Don't just come to Him when you do your daily duty of reading your devotion. That was sarcastic. I'm not against reading devotions. I'm not against a daily habit. What I'm against is it becomes mechanical and lifeless and just checking off the box in our lives. And it's not relational. It's not basking in the presence of your Lord. You say, Pastor, I don't have that kind of imagination. You don't need imagination. You just need faith. He is with you and in you all the time. It's not about feelings. It's about recognizing reality. Hey, all thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.